you're listening to The Calling. As a reminder, you can listen to every episode on Google, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, and others. Simply search The Calling. If you're having trouble locating us, you can send an email to the underscore calling at hotmail.com, and we can send a link directly to you. Last week, we continued to review the body armor of God and explored the belt of truth. We examined how in order to stand before evil, we need to wrap ourselves in God's truth. Praying and seeking God's truth through spending time in His Word really helps us understand the importance of the belt of truth as well as how to put on this piece of armor. This week, we'll examine the breastplate of righteousness and Lord willing, we'll continue to grow in Christ as we begin to arm ourselves for our Christian walk. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Proverbs 4.23 I am a binge watcher. It's a symptom of my addictive personality. If left to my own devices, I would watch an entire TV series, eat peanut butter pretzels, and drink Diet Mountain Dew every day with the occasional video game and beer mixed in there to help with the transition. Most recently, I remember watching the HBO series The Sopranos. Aside from the series finale, it was a well-written show. Six seasons of watching Tony run his mob family was completed within weeks. And this was only one example of my binging tendencies. This cycle would be repeated throughout my life with music, movies, TV, video games, people, work, the events I associate with. The list goes on. What about you, though? I'm sure there's something that draws your attention that distracts us from the day-to-day. You may not binge watch mobster TV, but I'm convinced you watch something or listen to something frequently. Maybe it's the news or sports or a hobby show. Maybe it's girls night or catching up with a buddy. Maybe it's your work. Regardless of what it is, we're all exposed by outside influence, both indirectly and directly. So with that in mind, let us turn our hearts over to God and invite the Holy Spirit in. And while we refocus our minds to God's word, let's continue to explore Ephesians chapter 6. For context, we're going to pick up again in verse 10. It writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Standing firm, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the breastplate is what protects a warrior's vital organs, specifically the heart. The overall design of this piece of armor is to take impact and not only keep the warrior safe, but protected. But it also empowers them to keep moving forward, to press on, to stay in the fight when the enemy attacks. I mean, now we're talking, right? All this talk of belts had us a little bored, but now we're getting the good stuff. Battle armor! So what is this battle armor? Where does the righteousness come from? As you may recall, we reviewed weeks ago, no man is completely righteous without God. And despite our good works, despite our attempts, this piece of armor is designed to guard our heart. It's not man-made. Jesus is the righteousness that protects our heart. And scripture tells us plenty about being righteous and what righteousness is, such as our good works and how we are made righteous in front of God and in God. 
I don't want to get bogged down in defining righteousness today because there's a lot there to process. But for context, it's a very important that we reference it just briefly. Righteousness is defined as of a person or conduct morally right or justifiable, virtuous. And this is supported by scriptures such as Isaiah and 33, 15, it states, He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppressions, who shakes his hands, lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing the bloodshed and shuts his eyes from the evil, he will dwell on the heights, his place of defense will be on the fortress of rocks. In Ezekiel 18 and verse 5, it states, If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, if he does not eat upon the mountains or lift his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity, does not oppress anyone but restores the debtor his pledge, commits no robbery, gives his bread to the hungry and covers the naked with a garment, does not lend at interest or take any profit, withholds his hand from injustice, executes true justice between man and man, walks in my statues, and keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. He shall surely live, declares the Lord. And if you turn with me again to 2 Timothy in chapter 2, it states, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call the Lord from a pure heart. Noting that he's calling specific attention to the heart. Now through secular definition and biblical truths, we can determine that righteousness is a behavior. It's based on how we act. Righteous actions come from the condition of the heart and understanding that we become bond servants of Christ when we accept him. And what I mean by that is that we're a volunteer slave. The person recognizes that they independently choose to continue life in service of their master. Now, I know these are touchy terms in America, but as Christians, we choose to serve Christ. He doesn't enslave us like the world does. We allow Christ to fill our heart, and as a result, we transition and transform into a life of living righteously. Do we all maintain this? Absolutely not. If we did, we would devalue the sacrifice made on the cross. Now, we can derive this information based on the truth that were wrapped around us last week. Now, unlike the belt, I'm sure we can all see the value of a good piece of battle armor that covers our torso. I mean, we still use this armor model today. Why? Because if the enemy gets to our heart, we will die. That's the most common battle strategy, which is to get to the opponent's heart. Scripture tells us in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. The Bible is loaded with supportive scripture to guard the heart. It's a biblical truth, hashtag belt, and draws emphasis on the importance of this piece of armor. We've reviewed before that the devil knows who you are and he hates you. He does not want you to believe in your salvation, to help one another, or to do anything that is considered righteous to God, much less brings glory to his name. And each time we do these things, we make ourselves a bigger target. So let's back up a second. What is this armor of righteousness if it isn't something I'm responsible for making? In Romans chapter 13 and verse 12, it states, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The armor of light meaning Jesus. 
If you turn to John chapter 8, verse 12, it states, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall walk, shall not walk in darkness, but have light of life. When talking about God's judgment with Israel in Isaiah chapter 59, they draw reference to Jesus when discussing the Lord's displeasure with our actions. It's written in verse 16, He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation for his head. Now God recognized then that there was no one to intercede and as a result, From his own body, from his own arm, brought the salvation and righteousness that upheld him, foreshadowing our coming Messiah. Got it. We pray for Jesus to guard our hearts, put on the breastplate of righteousness as designed. Our hearts are protected. Therefore, our willingness to serve the Lord is protected. We can't understate this. Your heart is considered a high-valued target of the enemy. The arrows that target this area are laced with resentment, anger, judgment, unforgiveness, or even misguided blessings, which all lead to a hardened heart. The hurt you experience, the need to be validated for how you're feeling, the revenge for the actions taken against you, the lack of closure, that false blessing feeding your pride, are all tactics used against you. The devil will whisper anything to you to get you to doubt or worse, lose sight of your Savior. The breastplate of righteousness helps protect us from these attacks. Arming ourselves with this piece of armor ensures that we are not outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs, as described to us in 2 Corinthians in chapter 2. It is essential to remember that there are ways to attack the heart now without taking a direct blow. We discussed last week that the enemy will not attack your most fortified areas, just like in war, you don't attack the heart of the defense. You weaken the opponent by making those less fortified areas small, almost unnoticeable wins start to account and contribute to an overall defensive collapse. He will instill fear, doubt, delusions of success, and for those of you who've been with us for a while, I'm talking about the junk food table. And to keep you busy chasing miscellaneous tasks that you don't even recognize that the enemy is moving in closer and closer and closer to that primary target. The enemy will start to attack your mind and thoughts with the intent of hardening and darkening your heart. One of his most successful attacks is encouraging you to watch, listen, or engage in activities such as movies, music, or other media outlets that will slowly influence you. What you read, what you text, what you talk about, it all influences you. It all seems innocent. I mean, after all, there is anything wrong or illegal with these activities. And that's the danger in it. It can be so deceivingly disguised as good that you don't even realize your heart is under attack. Think about it. A heart attack, for example, is very rarely, if ever, caused by a direct blow to the heart. It's caused by years of influence, diet, stress, exercise, etc. You need another example? Look at the body of Christ. Look how church conferences operate. Explore how your denomination functions and what they support. If you're really feeling froggy, watch how God's name is used as a political pawn. Observe our brothers and sisters in Christ when we begin to converse about topics we don't agree on, like politics and policy. I reference Romans 12 too a lot, and for good reason. Now don't get me wrong, I still watch mobster movies, play video games, and engage in activities that do not align with scripture. 
And this is where truth comes in. Only in conjunction with the belt of truth as well as the other pieces of armor, we will learn scripture to effectively put on the breastplate of righteousness. And by placing Jesus strategically over our heart, you will be protected from the impacts of these influences. You'll notice a change in yourself as well as be able to process these input differently. You'll be aware of these subtle attacks. And as you grow in Christ and spend time in scripture, you will not only know how to identify these attacks on your heart, but where to turn in scripture for truthful clarity. Now I want to point out that although I'm referencing input sources like movies and music, there are other ways the heart can come under attack. It could be a relationship. It can be your work, your friends, illness. It could be success. Essentially, it is anything that has the ability to cause you to change your focus from Jesus to yourself. After watching the last season of The Sopranos, I went on with my life. Nothing happened in the sense that I became a mob boss or turned to a life of organized crime. Something more dangerous and subtle happened. The way I talked changed. No, I didn't pick up a Brooklyn Italian dialect, but I did cuss more. I associated the F word with almost everything I did. Did I catch on? Nope. I went on to the next show and this cycle of influence continued. It wasn't until my daughter was watching a soccer show, now it was appropriately rated, mind you, for her age, that I noticed her attitude changed. The sass in her increased tenfold, and I started to be, be able to associate this sneaky tactic. As I turned to truth, I would read First Peter in chapter 2. It states, Therefore, lying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. As well as Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, for it states, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly possessions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. This method of attack is difficult to notice because it comes at us in so many different ways. This continuous battle we're engaged in surrounds us. How many of us are on guard against this scheme? How many are being attacked indirectly and which is directly affecting our hearts? How many of us are even aware of this? Despite the plot and the schemes, despite the cleverness and how this information is hidden, we have a century. We have a savior. Equipping the breastplate of righteousness, we equip Jesus. Every time we hear we're unforgiven, Jesus is equipped to say, that's not true. Every time we have an enemy attempting to break up your family, we have Jesus equipped to say, I love you, and to show us what love is. When the devil grants you success, Jesus has equipped us to remind us to be humble. No matter what the attack is, where it comes from, equipping Jesus over our hearts ensures these attacks are unsuccessful. This week, I want you to reflect on the people and things in your life that occupy your time. Start to take notice of those subtle influences that things have on you. Continue to build on what we've discussed by praying for God to equip you with functional armor. Continue to spend time in scripture this week and seeking guidance for your life. After reflection, if you notice the influence in your life that is impacting the condition of your heart, begin to pray that Jesus protects your heart. Filter yourself with truth. Lord willing, we'll continue to review the body armor of God as we move closer to being fully equipped to stand firm. God is calling you to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Will you answer?